All right, let's do this again. Sure, one more time. Let's run it back. Once this more. time with feeling. Once more into the rage. Do it again. Sexier. <laughs> Sexier. Calm down, Michael Bay. <laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm James. And today we're coming at you in beautiful live Technicolor here at the yeah. very good Podcast Network Studios at mm-hmm. Myrtle Beach Games. Yep. If you guys are just listening to the podcast, uh, make sure you check us out on Myrtle Beach Games' YouTube channel where you can see our smiling faces and also in this area between us here. Here-ish. There should, yeah, there should be uh, some cards and maybe like a floating logo and... Who knows what else Juan's going to put over there. So we're going to be talking about uh, Core 2020 today. Mm -hmm. You might not know what all the cards do. Mm -hmm. If you come watch us, you can see the cards. Yeah. Makes it a lot easier to follow along. Find us on Twitter at Mm -hmm. Casual Tripod. Yep. You can get us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. And you can email us at show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. Last week, we had a dream. Yeah. And that dream was for people to reach out to us and contact us. We begged for feedback, for interaction. And we got some. Yeah, you guys are great. Thanks. If you have topic ideas, mm-hmm. let us know. Yep, always send them to us. We got a we got a running list that we refer back to when we're building shows, and anything we get from you guys goes right onto it. So, as you've seen from the last few episodes, we do kind of answer the questions that you pose to us as best we can. Yep, we're gonna do this episode a little bit differently. We're gonna do a giant section at the end that's all questions from you guys. Yeah. So if you don't like that content, it's your fault. It is your fault. So there you go. I think that's how you build an audience. Just blame them for stuff. (laughs) Sounds good. Hey, man, they're stuck with us so far. Yeah. We're going back to a core set. Mm -hmm. And so what is kind of the purpose of a core set? Why does Magic have these core sets and not just like the regular sets we normally have? Um, Well, core sets usually are easier to bring new players into the game. And it's especially relevant now with all the players coming in off of Arena. It's a great time to introduce your friends to the game where the cards are not necessarily less powerful, but definitely less complex. And it's always in the summer because I always think that, you know, if you're a high school kid, Mm -hmm. This is when you have a lot of time. Yep. So a new set comes out, it's easier to get into. Yep. And so you have time to go to your local store and whatever. So they always have the core set in the summer mm-hmm. because people just have more free time. Mm-hmm. This core set in particular is um, kind of unique. Well, not really unique, but it's like a return to form almost. The last few core sets we've had have been more on theme than core sets in the past. Like up to like core 2014, core sets were very much a way to get players into the game and kind of a way to put a check valve on the format, right? Yeah. It's a, like we said last week, it's a way for people, for wizards to introduce cards into the standard environment Mm -hmm. that don't have to fit to a story. Right. So like in this set, we have graph diggers cage. Right. There are no graphs, no diggers, nothing. We're not on an Estrad. Right. But we can just throw the card in because it it doesn't have to fit to a bigger story and make sense. Right. And the reason that they they do things like this is to, like I said, put a check valve on the format. When there are a lot of decks that are really graveyard synergistic, um, sometimes it can be hard to put like graveyard hosers in the set. So something like a core set's a great place to put graph diggers cage. I know in the past we've had like pithing needle. Yeah, Pithing Needle um, is kind of the quintessential example of this. Yeah, it's it's a card that's not super, not that it's hard to reprint, but it doesn't fit in everywhere, and it's a good answer to something very specific in a format. Yeah, it just gives them a way to, one, put answers in a format, and two, it gives them a way to just reprint random things that may need reprinted. Mm-hmm. Last core set, I think the two big reprints were probably Scapeshift. 
Yep. Scapeshift had one printing in like the Lorwyn block. Yeah, they were getting really they expensive. They were like 50 bucks a piece. Yeah. And they reprinted it in the core set, and I think they were like eight dollars. Yeah, they got down. I think they're coming back up now, but they were down to like seven or eight bucks for a while. And then you should have picked up your uh, your scape shifts. Yeah, and then Crucible of Worlds. Yep, that's the other one. It never got particularly cheap, but it went from like fifty dollars. You get them for twenty. Right. So they're also on their way back up. So if you need crucibles, you should pick those up too. Yeah. So it's a way for them to like put cards that maybe aren't going to be super standard relevant, mm-hmm. but they will be played in older formats and they need a reprint. Yep. So I think corsets kind of fill those two role, uh, those three roles, right? Mm-hmm. Getting people into the into magic, yep. putting answers in the format they couldn't otherwise put in, yep. and then reprinting cards for older formats. Yeah, that they couldn't like fit into other could, could sets. Fit into another set. Yep. Exactly. There's so, one more thing that uh we haven't had in the last few core sets. We didn't have them in 2015, I don't think. We didn't have them in Origins and we didn't have them in 2019, but they're the color hosers. There was still protection in 15, right? Yeah, but they weren't the hosers. Like there wasn't uh like the one from core 14 was like Witchbane Stalker. Yeah, and Lifebane Zombie. The, yeah, that's what it was. Lifebane Zombie, and maybe it was just Witch Stalker. Yeah, the the pro blue. Yeah, yeah green yep. guy. There another way that uh, wizards can kind of check the format without necessarily putting hate cards in. If blue decks become omnipresent, you can play like the number of this one specific color hoser. Well, so let's let's kind of go back for a second. And let's define what the color hosers are. Oh, sure. So, what are the color hosers? Normally, they're a cycle of cards. I think traditionally they're creatures, but I don't know if they always have to be creatures. No, I think they've been like a mix of creatures and spells. Like this time we have a set of spells and a set of creatures Mm -hmm. that have protection from Mm -hmm. or are able to destroy at a very good rate. Yeah, something Uh, of a particular color. So it's always an enemy color Mm -hmm. or an enemy color pair. So for this set, the spells, the white spell blows up. Red and black things. Yep. The black spell blows up green and white things. Yep. When you look on the back of a magic card, you have the five colors. Mm -hmm. And if you look at white on the opposite side of that pentagon, Mm -hmm. you have red and black. Right. So those are enemy colors. Yeah. If you didn't know that, the way that the dots on the back of the card are arranged are like they matter. Yeah. You have your allied colors are the the colors that are beside you. Yep. And then your enemy colors are the uh, colors that are across from you. Yep. So we have a set of cards in each color that are spells that interact with their enemy color pair. And then we have a set of creatures that interacts with one of those two colors. So you have a red card that has protection from white. Mm -hmm. You have a blue card that has protection from red. Yes. And you have a green card that has protection from blue. So you have one of those colors is, is protected against. Yep. So that's their color hosers because they're not good. Against not that color. Right. But they're phenomenal right. when you're playing against that color. Yep. There's the black card, which noxious something. Uh, yeah, it's on this list here somewhere. Okay, we're doing a good job for you guys. Yeah, sorry. Uh, noxious grasp. Noxious grasp. One of the black yep. destroy a white or green creature or planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Gain a life because yeah. sure. Why not? Card's awful if you're playing against red blue. Right. But if you bring it out of your sideboard, it's great against green white mm-hmm. right so that card can serve as a check against teferi decks because right. it because teferi's white so you mm-hmm. can kill a teferi for two mana mm-hmm. then there's the red one fry fry yep. one in the red deal five to a, a blue or white creature or planeswalker 
again, Teferi is both blue and white. Right. Five him, kill him. Yep. So now there are these cards that are coming out of your sideboard to answer very specific mm-hmm. what have been oppressive cards in the format. Right. And, like, depending on how, how oppressive they are, like, sometimes you even main deck them. Yeah. I know uh, in, like, Theros standard, people main decked Lifebane Zombie. Yeah, it was because it was uh, one black black for a three one. Yeah, with menace, intimidate, intimidate. Yeah, when it came into play, you got to look at your opponent's hand and you could make them discard or exile a green dis- card. Discard green or white. Green or white. So yeah. it was just a reasonable card mm-hmm. to to play a three mana one three with intimidate, which means it can only be blocked by creatures of the same color. Uh, black or artifact, black or, or artifact. was that fear? That's fear. Is black yeah, intimidate. Artifact. I think is just the, the same, same color. color. Yeah, right. So it's a reasonable creature, and it had this like random upside. Yep. But there are sometimes that the color hosers are super specific, like the spells. Yeah. Unless everyone's playing Esper, right? Right. Then maybe you don't play your fry. Fry. Yeah. Those are the color hosers. So they're cards specifically made to punish one or two colors yeah and that was kind of the thought behind getting rid of them that's why they didn't print them for a while because wizards didn't want people to feel bad for playing a card yeah um, they didn't want people to get punished for playing them so they kind of did away with them for a while and i think standard suffered for it for a while too and we all felt bad because everyone played teferi yeah <laughs> everybody feels bad now huh. how can i how can i you can't oh, okay yeah, spread, cool spread the sorrow Cool. What are the specific hate cards other than the color hosers that they've put into standard that they wouldn't be able to otherwise have done? I uh, think we already mentioned one. Yeah, right? Graph Digger's Cage. So that is one mana for an artifact. Yep. Creatures can't enter the battlefield from libraries or graveyards, and yep. spells can't be cast from graveyards. Correct. It gets played a lot in modern. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a standard application for it currently. Um, well, it shuts down like half of the Sultai Dreadhorde deck. Half of it. They still get all their Planeswalkers back. Yeah. But. Yeah, but like their Planeswalkers aren't as relevant as like Esper's Planeswalkers are either. Fair. Uh, it might uh, be useful there. Mm-hmm. And then we have the ley lines. Right. The ley lines are the big ones. Um, they were in dire need of a reprint anyway. The black and white ones especially. Ley line of Sanctity is the white one. It's uh, two white white for an enchantment, but nobody ever plays two white white for it because if it's in your opening hand, you can put it on the battlefield. Yeah, so for, for no mana. You just, yep. at the start of the game, so I have pre-game effects and yep. you just put it on the battlefield. Yep. And uh, that one gives you Hexproof, which is really relevant against Burn and all the decks that play discard spells because yeah. you just can't be targeted with any discard of spells. It, yeah. You know? And then the black ley line, two black black, ley line of the void, two mm-hmm. black black, uh, has that same if it's in your opening hand, put it on the battlefield yep. clause. All of the ley lines yes. do. And then it exiles all cards that would go into your opponent's graveyard are exiled instead. Right. It does not. Like, if you were to cast it late in the game, it does not exile the cards currently in the graveyard. It's not rest in peace. It only exiles the cards that are going there after it's on the battlefield. So they can have a graveyard, you play it, they can still work with that graveyard. Based on the current complexion of modern, Leyline of the Void gets played by everyone. Yeah. Well, Leyline of the Void was also, like, pre this whole Hogak thing. Uh, Leyline of the Void was almost 50 bucks. Yeah. I don't know what they're up to now that every deck needs them to exist, but... Yeah, every deck plays four. Yeah. This should be a uh, a way to hopefully drive the price down and let people get that uh, card think, for modern. I think it'll definitely drive the price down. They're at rare. They're not going to be super relevant in standard, I don't think. Yeah. Um, the price should come way down on them. It's also cool, too, because like the new artwork on all of the ley lines is awesome. It'll, it'll look pretty sweet in foil. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I'm looking at here. Yeah. Uh, I still like my uh, my guild pack leyline of the voids. But, oh, so do I. Yeah, 
But I think those foils are probably 100, 150 bucks oh, a piece. Oh, I'm sure they are, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't ball that hard. So those cards, like the ley lines, there's no way to really put them in a kind of themed set. Right. I guess we kind of could have in the Ravnica block because yeah, I mean, they're from Ravnica. Yeah, they were in the Ravnica block originally, but that doesn't really fit. Like the ley lines in this story like didn't really fit what they were trying to do. So Yeah, other than Leyline Prowler. Right. He was just hanging For out. For some reason. So, yeah. So, we have all these cards that are going to hopefully give very specific answers mm-hmm. to standard mm-hmm. in the color hosers. If there's graveyard decks, we have that. Yep. But it's really going to help the the older formats. Yep. Now, we talked about the two ley lines that happen to be hosers. Uh-huh. Um, the other three aren't really hosers, though. So, ley lines can do things besides just hose a deck. Some of them can just go in your bulk box and uh, be traded into Star City for a quarter. Sure. So, Or they could be traded into Myrtle Beach Games for a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Trade them into Myrtle Beach Games yeah, for a quarter. The blue one got hot for a minute. Mm, sure. It, it's like two years ago, it spiked to like 10 bucks or whatever for some reason. I don't remember why. <laughs> okay. So the blue one, uh, two blue, blue. Yep. Gives everything flash. Everything everything you have is, has flash. Yep. That's it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teferi does that for three mana and also bounces a nerd. Right, yeah. It doesn't let you catch your, <laughs> catch your creatures at, uh, at instant speed, but it lets yeah. you cast all your spells at instant speed. Yep. So, cool. Yeah, the red one is bulk. It'll go in a box. I don't think it'll ever see play. Yeah. This is the third version of a red ley line. Yeah. They've yet to make a good one. They keep trying. Yeah. And they keep just, like, stepping their toe. So the red one is a ley line of combustion. It's two red red. Uh, it has the ley line clause, and it says, whenever you... And or at least one permanent you control become the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls. Leyline of Combustion deals two damage to that player. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, it turns never going to yeah, play it doesn't anywhere. Do anything. Doesn't do anything. Um, the green one I do think has some some applications. Yeah, the green the green one very much asks you to build a very specific deck, mm-hmm. and if that deck is good, mm-hmm. the leyline's good. Yep. If it's not. The ley line is bad. Yep. It's a two green green with a ley line clause and says whenever you tap a creature for mana, add an additional green mana. And you can also pay eight if this is ever relevant and uh, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. I think it can be relevant just because like it starts to turn all your mana dorks that you're encouraged Mm -hmm. to play into actual threats. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be good with... Was it Song of Fraley's? Song puts counters on things. It also uh, makes all your guys mana dorks for two turns. Yeah. So I guess you're not like locked into playing mana dorks. But I was yeah. thinking like Lenore Elf. Right. Incubation Druid, those kind of yeah. things. Yep. And then uh, you play a Hydroid Crisis to like refill your hand. And... Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a deck there. I think uh, that card will see at least a little bit of play at some point. There's some commander player going like, oh my gosh, this goes in my such and such <laughs> commander deck. And I'm like, sure, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so if you open a black or a white ley line, you should probably sell that thing, make make a quick buck unless you yeah. need it for modern. Yeah, if you don't plan on getting into modern, get rid of it because it will probably won't see any play in standard and it'll, it will be worth a couple bucks. So so we wanted to go through, so we, we tried to brew modern decks yep. and we tried top 10 lists. Yep. Now we just have a bunch of cards that we think are interesting. We're just going to go through and kind of talk about them and maybe decks or archetypes they might spawn yeah. in standard. Now, this is always a hard exercise Yes. because having not played with the cards, you're kind of stuck with, well, what does the format look like now right and that could be very different from what the format looks like in two weeks and also at rotation we'll talk about arena 
So if you want to talk about how quickly a format can change. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that at the very end. Um, the first card that you're excited about, I guess group of cards, are the, the two mythic three-mana Planeswalkers. Yep, both um, Soren and Mu Yang Ling. Yeah, there we I go. I think I did that without butchering it. There go. They're both three-mana walkers. Three-mana walkers have always been notoriously hard to evaluate. A lot of times people just get them wrong. Um, Lily the Last Hope is currently a $50 card, and immediately after release saw absolutely no play. Yeah. It was like almost a month before she started seeing play. People realized how good she was. There's also new three-mana Chandra. Mm-hmm. Chandra Acolyte of Flame is also three-mana. Yep. So we have three three-mana Planeswalkers. And has, has Wizards recently ever messed up on a three-mana Planeswalker that's totally overpowered? Has that well, ever happened? I don't know. You want to ask Teferi real quick? Or, or his girlfriend, Narset? Yeah, like, Narset too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they evaluate these cards really well as, as well. So. Yeah, but like people people evaluated Teferi correctly. People thought Teferi was, was going to be nuts, and he is. Yes. Uh, but Narset kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Yeah, and then people were like, oh. Oh, yeah, this is pretty good. Dig through time's a good card. Yeah, on top of that, people like to draw cards, so... Let's not let them do that. Yeah, saying no, it works. It does. Just say no. Just say no. Yeah. Thanks, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Soren's a cool card. Tribal Planeswalkers haven't really existed a whole lot. Like, there was Nyssa. We had, we had oh, like, just a bunch of Planeswalkers, the same Planeswalkers in a deck? I was going to no, say, No, like, no, no, I meant, like, Planeswalkers that uh, want you to play a tribe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, the original Nyssa wanted you to play a bunch of elves, okay, which is fine. Okay, I didn't remember this. Yeah. And, like, Sarkhan has kind of always wanted you to play dragons, but dragons are kind of overcosted yeah, to play three, as a tribe. Yeah, three mana Sarkhan says play dragons. Yeah. Uh, the, the one from M19, and then... The Lily from M19 oh, want said, you to play, play zombies. zombies. Yeah. And everyone went, no. Yeah. <laughs> we will not play zombies, Lily. Yeah. Well, it, to be fair, though, like the zombie deck kind of rotated out with Amonkhet. Yeah, like sh- there wasn't enough support for her. Yeah. But we are, for three months, going to have Soren and all of the Ixalan zombies. Yes. So I do think there's something there. We actually get two Sorens. We get the four-mana Soren and the three-mana Soren. There could be something there. I think a lot of people are looking at, you know, just the, the play pattern of... Some two mana uh, vampire mm-hmm. into like Soren Downtick play Champion of Dusk. Mm-hmm. The five mana four four that draws a card and uses a life for each, for each vampire. Well, there's also a bunch of one mana ones. You got Legion's Landing. Yeah. You got Vicious Conquistador. And then on two, you got Adano Vanguard mm-hmm. as and a vampire. Dusk Legion Zealot. Dusk Legion. I don't know if you play Dusk Legion Zealot because the, the Lord is two mana also. Oh, yeah. The Lord is two mana. Yeah. There may be something here. Yeah. Also, a uh, cruel celebrant is a vampire. Oh yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So th- there might be a deck there. There was a black white vampire deck for a little while back, like two standards ago. Um, you can refer back to that deck list and then add some Sorens in. I also brewed up a really rough list that uh, we can link in the description. Sure. They're very aggressive decks. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. It, the, it, I mean, even Soren wants you to be aggressive. He wants you to trade in combat. He's looking to... Let me read the card, because I don't think we've read the card yet. Let's read the card. He's it's two and a black. Yeah, two and a black for a legendary Planeswalker Soren. Plus one. Target creature you control gains death touch and lifelink until end of turn, which wants you to get in combat. Uh, you can sacrifice a vampire. As a, it has two plus ones. The first one was a plus one. If it's a vampire, you put a counter on it. Uh, the second plus one says you may sacrifice a vampire. When you do, Soren deals three damage to any target and you gain three life. And then the neg three, which you can hit as soon as it enters the battlefield because it has four loyalty, says you can put a vampire from your hand right onto the battlefield. 
Yeah, so you don't see cheat on mana, but it, it, it is very vampire-centric. Yep. So it is limited by how good is a low-to-the-ground creature aggro deck going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that is well. I think vampires factor. have a little bit of reach too, though. Like like you mentioned, the uh, the one that draws a card for every vampire yeah. you have. You also like if you're planning on using Soren's Neg Three, you get the Siege Rhino Vampire that flies. Yeah, I don't know if that's good enough though. Uh, I, I don't know either. Yeah. But there's also was it Twilight Prophet, the Bob that hits yeah. your opponent. But I was just thinking more along the lines of like in a world of Kaya's Wrath and Cry the Carnarium. Yeah. Are, are the creatures going to be good enough to kind of stand up to that? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. The four mana Soren also buys stuff back from the graveyard. So it does. That's worth noting also. Yeah. So it does It does let you just try again. Mm-hmm. And then Mu Yang Lin, mm-hmm. another three mana Planeswalker. Yep. One blue blue. Yep. She has two starting loyalty. Yeah, that's not a lot. No, it's not, not, not a lot at all. <laughs> Plus two. Target creature gets neg two nego. Yep. And uh, you're very adamant that this this ability is underrated, typically. Uh, it normally is underrated. It was underrated on Lily the Last Hope. Um, it was underrated on Jace Vince Prodigy, well, the backside of Jace Vince, yeah. Vince Prodigy. And it was great in both those circumstances. The plus was always relevant. And it was also really good on Jace Architect, I thought. Yeah. So she comes in with two loyalty. She can plus two. Mm-hmm. She can minus three and mm-hmm. make a four-four elemental token. Elemental bird. Yeah. Uh, with flying. Yep. So you're always locked into you have to plus her. Right. When she comes down because you can't yep. minus her. And then uh, minus eight mm-hmm. is you get an emblem that says all islands you control have tap draw card. Which is awesome. Which is I mean, really you got to awesome. get to eight, but. You got to get to eight. Um, that should win you the game, though. It should. Yeah. Unless you've, you're really bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if I can get it on the camera here. <laughs> draw 12 yeah. should be good enough <laughs> should be good enough i worry that she might be too slow like on the draw it might be like a, against an aggressive a, an aggressive deck like being able to like kind of fog one creature mm-hmm. you could just then get beat up by the other one and never be able to really like right make make headway like against like gruel i think was my example like mm-hmm. you know if you're on the draw with her and they go like thorn lieutenant into gruel spellbreaker you probably lose your yeah. She's your planeswalker, right? So that's my concern. But again, three mana planeswalkers are super hard to evaluate. Mm-hmm. So then we also have the a rare three mana Chandra, mm-hmm. Chandra Acolyte of Flame. Mm-hmm. So she's one red red for a planeswalker with four loyalty. Yep, much more than two. Yeah, cannot cannot uh, cannot get shocked. Yeah, <laughs> um, but she doesn't have a plus. Right, it's two zeros, two which zeros. is kind of weird. So her first zero is put a uh, loyalty. A Leo counter on each planeswalker, red planeswalker you control. So I guess she does it's have kind a, plus. Of a plus. She yeah. zeros and puts a uh, just puts a loyalty counter on herself, so it doesn't do anything. Right, unless you have other red planeswalkers. Name Chandra. Uh, sure. Well, it does, they don't have to be Chandra. They don't have to be Chandra. It could be Sarkon. Sure. Could be. Could be. <laughs> they, they make a nice team, I guess. Yeah. Uh, she then for zero creates two one one red elemental creature tokens. Yeah, and that's kind of what you're playing this for, right? Yeah. I think that I've heard people kind of describe it as kind of like a like a Legion War boss mm-hmm. or a uh Goblin Rabble Master. Double Rabble Rabble Master. Right? It plays really well if you play a creature on like two and then your opponent like Teferi's down ticks and bounces it. Yeah. You just slam your planeswalker and you get to kill, kill their it. Teferi. Yeah. Now the the one one elementals get sacrificed at the beginning of the next end step, mm-hmm. which so you don't get to build an army. Yeah. But you just have two one ones every turn. Every they get turn. to crash in 
and like some pressure pressure planeswalkers yep. and just be difficult to deal with. It's worth noting also that they'd be reasonably good with some sort of anthem effect also. Yeah. Like if you were playing Judith. You, I mean, you wouldn't get the triggers off of Judith, but yeah. the anthem would be worthwhile. Or if you played Uncommon Chandra. Or if you played Uncommon Chandra. And Kerr pluses, like give all elementals yeah. plus one plus out. Yep. And then... The Neg 2, she doesn't really have like a traditional ultimate. Right. Is you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard. And if that card would be put into your graveyard, you exile it instead. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay the mana cost for it, right? Reading that right? Yeah, normally it would say without yeah. paying its mana cost. So you basically, so basically give something flashback. You get, yeah, you get to give a small thing flashback, which yep. again, if you, you know, Chandra come down to zero kill a planeswalker and mm-hmm. the next turn like shock something down tick shock something again mm-hmm. hey you're you're probably winning that game you also that conveniently hits uh, light up the stage it does and you can as long as i'm reading it correctly you can cast it for its spectacle cost also oh you could you yep. just have to get some damage in yep so we have these three three mana planeswalkers that might be that had the potential because yep. kind of all three mana planeswalkers have had the potential right and except for hobo jace Oh, Hobo Jace. <laughs> Jace Cunning Castaway. Yep. Pirate Jace, Hobo Jace. Uh, still standard legal. Sleeveless Jace, yep. like whatever. <laughs> what do you want to call him? He got hit on the head and became unplayable. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back to being playable again at some point. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, let's make a three-minute Jace is busted <laughs> because why not? And like, ah. Oh. So, yeah, so we have those. Yep. We do have um, the rest of the Chandras. Yep. Uh, we have uh, the Big Chandra. Yeah. So what does the Big Chandra do other than smash to fairy people? Uh, basically, it smashes to fairy people is what it does. Which I like. Yeah. I'm a it's fan. A six mana, four, two red, or four red red uh, for a six loyalty Chandra Planeswalker. And it cannot be countered. Suck it. Yeah. It's going to resolve. Plus two uh, says each opponent gets an emblem, an emblem that cannot be removed. Or interacted with in any way. Yep. That says, at the beginning of your upkeep, this emblem deals one damage to you. You know this is also really good against? Hmm. Nexus. Yeah, it is. How many turns you need to kill me? I hope it's less than your <laughs> life total. Because <laughs> we're going to get you. Yeah. Um, um, no, I don't know if that effect by itself is worth six mana. No, probably not. Yeah. It's a good thing they stack up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the second one, yeah. the double sulfuric vortex, A+. plus. Yeah, that might get there. Uh, also has a neg three ability. Deals three damage to each non-elemental creature. So it comes down and anger of the gods is the board. Yeah, it cleans everything up. Yep, everything's small at least. Yeah, I mean, so she protects herself pretty well in that regard. Yep. If, like, you are, like, in some sort of creature matchup. Yeah. And then uh, you can neg X. And it deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker. And if the permanent uh, would die this turn, you exile instead. Yeah, so again... So it has a little bit of targeted removal as well. I think the idea here, again, in, like, killing Teferi is is Teferi pluses to five. Yep. You untap, slam your Chandra. Kill it. Kill it. You still have a Chandra on one that they have to deal with because they can't let you plus to it and give them an emblem because they're not looking to kill you in less than 20 turns. This could make Grixis playable. It might. Right? Like if you Nicobolus into her, like good game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's just game over. Yeah. I win now. Yep. You know she's going to resolve. You know you're going to get something valuable off of her. You're going to kill a creature, kill all the creatures. Yeah. Or just like put your opponent under a very... A, a very like strong clock. Yeah, you're you're putting a time limit on the game. Yes, which you know again, Nexus decks they yeah. need a time limit. Yeah, yes they do. So then we have who I would like to call 
Stepdad. Yeah, we're going to call him Stepdad? I I, I think. Okay. Uh, I'm down with Stepdad. Villas Broker of Blood? Yeah. It's fixed Gristlebrand. It even kind of looks like Gristlebrand. Look at him. He's he kinda, got the horns. He's got the wings. He kind of looks like Gristlebrand. Yep. They were like, he's worse than Gristlebrand, but let's make him harder to cast. Yeah. Oh, no, I guess not. I guess they're both eight. They are both eight. Yeah, okay, so... Not that anybody ever pays eight for Gristlebrand. No, why should you? Yeah. Uh, So he is five, black, black, black. Yep. He says flying, he's an eight, eight. He's an eight, eight. You can pay a black, Mm -hmm. pay two life, and target creature gets neg one, neg one until the end of turn. So you're like, well, where's the Gristlebrand part? Uh, Because he also has a clause that says whenever you lose life, you draw that many cards. So... His his ability is really black, lose two life, draw two cards, give something, neg one, neg one. Yep. And now if he's somehow on the battlefield by himself, mm-hmm. he can give himself neg one, neg one. Sure can. So you can just draw cards. Yep. Again, let me, let me show you. Mm. Yeah. Draw all the cards. Yeah. So basically we were talking about <laughs> Mu Yang Ling's ability to tap an island, draw a card. Yeah. This is basically tap a swamp, draw two cards. Yeah, which is uh, A+. plus. Yep. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, we've got to get him on the battlefield. Sure. I came up with some ways later on. Yeah. We're going to figure that out shortly. We're going to figure that out. <laughs> so I would not recommend putting him on the battlefield with a command the dread horde though. This is that weird spot where the card is either busted because you can cheat him. Right. Or, or wildly unplayable. Don't unplayable. Yeah. Because we had, what was our other, we've had a, we always have one big dumb demon. Yeah. And we had a Bells and Lock in Dominaria. Kind of stone unplayable. Yeah, I think he mostly. showed up in like the like mono black mm-hmm. deck. Uh, Razakat saw a little bit of play in Amoncut. Yeah, but we cheated him, right? Right, yeah. With Liliana, Death of Majesty. Yeah. And Scarab God. And Scarab God. That deck was super fun, wildly unplayable. Wildly unplayable. Uh, we tried. We did try. Wildly we tried unplayable. for like two weeks. Yeah. Two whole weeks, people, yeah. of my life <laughs> trying to, like, pay five mana to get, like, a giant guy on the battlefield. Yeah. And, yeah, and then the the energy demon from uh, Kaladesh. Oh, I really liked that one. Yeah, when he came into play, he, like, massacre wormed. Like, everything yeah. got neg two, neg two, and you got energy equal to... The number of things that died. And then you could play energy to reanimate something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wildly unplayable. Yep. Uh, he was cool, though. He was cool. So, yeah, this is in that spot where it's either wildly unplayable and, like, not even really playable and, like, limited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to cast this thing. Or... Like, you got to be almost mono black. Or, like, strangely robusto. Like, those are yeah. our only two <laughs> <Yeah>. options. <laughs> like, you can't do anything fair with it. Yeah. So, it's like, I can't do anything fair with it. I can't do anything busted with it. So, it's Hogak? Uh, well, Hogak can only do busted things. <laughs> I just wanted him to be like a, another thing to bring back with Dredge. I was not thinking large enough when I saw him <laughs> yeah. spoiled. I was like, oh, oh dream big, buddy. Dream, dream big. big. Like, oh, he's free on turn two? Oh. <laughs> Let's do I this. I missed that. <laughs> There's some things that you can do, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're good enough. Yeah, we'll see. We have Blight Beetle. We do. Our first, like. Random uh, piece of hate. Random piece of hate. Yep. It's a one and a black for a one, one insect. And it has protection from green. Take that. Yeah. Wild Growth Walker. Yeah. How big the are one you? One's gonna get Block. There. <laughs> um, it also has an important line of text that says creatures your opponents control can't get plus one, plus one counters. The first thing that we all thought of was explore creatures. Explore, yeah. And then I think you have like, you know, the rare Ajani puts plus one, plus yeah. one counters on things. The new Ajani puts plus one, plus one counters on things. So there are some, some other corner cases where this is good. Uh, doesn't the new... Viv put counters on things too. Yes, because she feels very a Johnny E with her yeah. with her plus. Yeah, he might be good enough. He's probably like 
clearly a sideboard card. Yeah, he's definitely a sideboard card. Right. Some of these you can like they're fine enough on rate that you might yeah. be able to like justify putting in your deck. Yeah, not this one though. But yeah, but a two mana one one is just Yeah, and even not like good a enough. two mana one one pro green isn't where you want to be either. Like yeah. you need to make the that second line mean something. Yes. This next one Yeah. This next one goes in main decks. Oh yeah, this is the Teferi Killer. This next one gets people. Yeah. This Shifting is... Ceratops. Yep. So two green green. Yep. It's a five four. Five four. Dinosaur. This spell can't be countered. That's right. Alright, so already right now, like it's gonna resolve. It's gonna resolve in like four mana five four, reasonable standard rate. Yep, absolutely. Right? It's a rare, so it has another block of text or two. Yep. It is protection from blue. Yep, in case it needed it. I mean, the little Teferi can't bounce it. That is, this is true. Big Teferi can't tuck him. Yep. And then pay green. Yep, and it gets uh, your choice of reach, trample, or haste to lend a turn. Yeah, why isn't this like Ceratopsling? <laughs> Dinosaurling. Dinosaurling, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it like, could be. This is, this is just, like, it just has all the text from yeah. basically one of the... Uh, Thornling. Thornling, Aetherlings, yeah. yeah. Dinoling. You missed your chance, wizards. Yeah, you had so many... That had to be its like. <laughs> that had to be its name in like uh, development. Dino Ling. Dino Ling. If you play this on five, it's like conveniently two, right after Big Teferi comes yeah, down. Yeah, it's two green, green, green. Yep. For a five four can't be countered. Kill your Teferi. Haste. Yep. And then after that, you can give it trample. Yeah. It can't chump block it. Right. Pseudo evasion. Yeah. Give it reach to block a flyer. I know there are some people that are super excited about mono blue perhaps making a comeback. Uh, not when he's around. New. Yeah. New uh, cool wizard's retort, bro. Yeah, five four. <laughs> Attack me with one of your nerds. Go ahead. Yeah, you know oh. what this does? It uh, this blocks a tempest gin all day long, all day long. Like, yeah. no, no doubt about it. Yep, it's also a dinosaur that's weirdly relevant sometimes. Yeah, and so, like, this is a color hoser that is just a good card on rate, right? So, kind of like we were talking about, uh, Lifebane Zombie. Was like yeah. a card that you would play anyway. And yeah, then like if you're in the matchups where it's good, it's great. Yeah, if you're a gruel deck, like this is a reasonable four mana card. Like bring your curve down a little bit, you get rid of Skarg and Halkite. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing that, and you play this instead, or you yep. like maybe trim on some of your planeswalkers, could be, and you play this instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of fills the same kind of role that like Nissa played, where like if you could resolve your Nissa, right? You got to pressure a planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, with your land, this kind of fills that same role where yeah. on five, you know it's going to stick and then you can five a planeswalker. Squish. Yeah. Yep. Dinos so, are good at squishing. That's right. Now, yeah. I think we're both kind of excited for this next card. Yeah, I, I had like an epiphany earlier today. Yeah. And that epiphany uh, was for uh, Elvish Reclaimer. Yeah. So what does this guy do? He is a one mana, one, two. He is an elf warrior. Both of those are relevant creature types, if that's ever going to matter. And uh, one mana, one twos have a storied history in eternal formats. Especially in green, right? Especially in green, yeah. yeah. He gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are three or more land cards in your graveyard. Uh, That happens pretty frequently in modern. Or legacy. And legacy. Um, And he has another ability. It's a two, tap it, sacrifice a land. Search your library for a land. Any land. Any land. Put it into play tapped and then shuffle your library. That, that's, that's pretty good. So what's he go get? Well, he gets whatever combo piece you're missing in uh, Dark Depths and Legacy. Yep. My epiphany was is basically he's exploration map. Yep. That occasionally becomes a 3-4 beater later in the game. Yeah. This is a just better Knight of the Reliquary, I think. Maybe. 
Like knight. I think they go in the same deck. Well, right, but like knight decks, lands decks mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to play white. True. Like the only reason you're playing white in a lands deck is for knight. Yeah. So we got to get her on board with knight here real quick. Knight of the Reliquary, one green white for a 2 2. Mm-hmm. Gets plus one, plus one equal to the number of lands in your graveyard. Yep. And then has tap, sacrifice, a plains or a forest yep. to search your deck for, again, any land to put it onto the battlefield. Yep. So it's not mana gated like this one is. Right. But it is limited in what you can search for. Mm-hmm. It also comes down later. Yeah, it turns down a couple turns later. Yeah. But yeah, this would let would help a landsy toolbox kind of deck where yeah. you have more silver bullets and answers to whatever you run up against. Yep. And sometimes it just becomes a 3-4 late in the game mm-hmm. where, you know, you've run your opponent out of cards and you draw a 3-4. Yep. So this goes to get Dark Depths. So, yeah, Dark stage. Depths, Thespian Stage, and Urborg, depending on what piece you need. It yep. gets Sigiri Step. Yep. It can also get, uh, like, Bajukabog. Bajukabog. Uh, oh, a, yeah, Dryad Arbor. He's a creature, so he already kind of insulates you against um, edict. edict effects. Yep. This is just getting better and better. Yeah. You have all these kind of things. It could be, again, kind of a tool in like just like a lands, other land shells, yeah. uh, like land shells in modern. Yep. This card looks like a reject from Modern Horizons. It really does. It looks like they they were like, we don't have space for this, but we like this design. We yeah. can just throw it in. But they're not the only ones I really like this card. Yeah. I already ordered mine. Okay, I've not ordered mine yet. Yeah. A little bit later. The next card, I ordered a bunch of those. Okay. I've, I've, made, I've made a stand. Oh, I did not order the next card. I ordered a bunch of them. But no, so I think this gives you a chance to play some toolboxy strategies. Yeah. And even in standard, we have Crucible mm-hmm. uh, that can bring back whatever land you had to sacrifice. So yep. you're not really you're not really down a land. Mm-hmm. We're uh, going to uh, touch on this card in a little while, but does it make, um, like if you're playing a Crucible Elvish Reclaimer deck, do you play Lotus Field? Maybe I... I have my doubts about Lotus Field. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. You have ways to get your lands back, and there are a bunch of just generally good toolboxy lands. You can get Field of Ruin and things like that to give you, like, oh, your opponent uh, is going to flip their search for Azkanta. You can just go get a field at the end of their turn. And so now if they flip it, you get to field it. And if they don't flip it, you can activate your guy and go get another land that you need. I think that is, is a reasonable... Mm-hmm. Yep. It seems like it could be very powerful if, if there are some like lands to get in standard. Yep. And in older formats, it's just a question of what lands do you want to get. Crop rotation, one in the green, instant sack of land, go it, get a land to the battlefield. It's just green. Oh, sorry, green. Just yeah. green, sorry. Yeah. One green. Uh, just a green. Yeah. That card is really good. It's really good. And this guy good. is, he's one extra mana, but it's repeatable. Yeah. Uh, crop rotation is too good for modern. Yes. Way, way too good. Yeah. We want, we both wanted it to be oh, reprinted in Modern Horizon. Wanted it to be in Horizons. But it is probably too good. Yeah. You know, this plays really well with Renin Six. Right. Right? You play this guy on one, you play Renin Six on two, maybe you get back a land or you ping something the next turn, go find whatever land you need yep. and bring your other land the land you sacrificed back with Renin Six. Mm-hmm. And then you just kinda have this engine where you can just go pick through whatever toolboxy lands you need. Yep. So I like it. Yeah, card seems good. How much were these when you bought them? Uh, less than you think. You should order them. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll have to get them. Next card, 
has has blue mana symbols, so James is out. Yeah, uh, in the, the notes here, I said defer to Brian, so I'm going to kick back for a minute. and uh, Yeah, let me, let me stretch. Got to get... Yeah. Uh, okay, so drawn from dreams. Two blue blue for a sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. Mm-hmm. Put two in your hand and uh, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Yeah, so this is kind of like Dig Through Time. Yeah, so Which dig- is a card that's too good for modern, too good for legacy. Is it banned in vintage or maybe not? Maybe Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It's blue. I don't care. So dig through time for the uninitiated, for those who didn't play in cons block. <laughs> Six blue blue for an instant that had delve. So you could exile cards. Every card you exiled from your uh, graveyard reduced uh, the mana cost by one. But so it didn't actually reduce it, but it paid for it one. It paid for it. Yep. So if you were uh, removed four cards from your library, or mm-hmm. from, sorry, four cards from your graveyard, yep. you got a spell that was two blue blue. Yep. Instant, look at the top seven cards of your library, put two in your hand, and the rest on the bottom. Yep. So, Drawn from Dreams is a dig through time that you've delved four for. Right. The drawback is it is a sorcery Mm -hmm. as opposed to an instant. Which means something. Which means something. But... I think that in Standard, uh, we're not allowed to play at instant speed because Little Teferi exists. Thanks, Teferi. We're not allowed to draw extra cards because Narset exists. Thanks, Narset. We don't draw cards from Drawn, drawn from right. Dreams. It you, does say put them in your you hand. You put them in your hand yep. so you can get around Narset. Yep. And, you know, it is a downside that you can't play it at instant speed, which we should maybe be happy it's not an instant because the play pattern of Wilderness Reclamation, Untap, oh, man, Drawn so from gross. Dreams, where they always hit their uh, yeah. their Nexus, super, super sad. Well, right. But, I mean, if you have Teferi, you can still cast it at instant speed. If, there, if you're playing Teferi, yes, well, you yeah. can cast it at instant <laughs> speed. So I think this... Card probably has a home in some number in Nexus. Yeah. Because the next turn after you order this reclamation, just getting to look at the top seven cards and find what you need is yeah. super powerful. Yep. I rebuilt an old legacy deck from 2015, mm-hmm. Omni Show, mm-hmm. which was a basically a mono blue deck. It had two has two volcanic islands in it, and it was built on the back of uh, Dig Through Time, finding Omniscience and Show and Tell. This does have the downside of being a sorcery, but once you have omniscience in play, you just need a way to find the rest of your yeah. pieces. And looking at seven cards is a great way to find the rest of your pieces. Oh, yeah. Like this could maybe bring that archetype back and make it relevant. So I think it has reasonable homes and they were 96 cents. So I have <laughs> I have 20 coming in the mail. Oh, there you go. And if I'm wrong, I guess I'm out 15 bucks. bucks. Yeah. And if I'm right, Yep. Also in Legacy, you have Ancient Tomb and uh, City of Traders. Right. So that makes two blue blue castable on turn three. Yeah. Uh, There's another card on this list that I may or may not have spent $15 on pre-ordering multiple copies of. Is it red? It's not red. Oh, no. I don't know what this card is this. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So that is Drawn from Dreams. I think if Standard is kind of stays the way it is, I think it is probably better than Chemistry's Insight. I think so. Because it kind of plays around those problems that we we mentioned. Yeah. I mean, Chemistry's Insight's bad against Narset, and it's bad against Teferi. So, yeah. So it's bad against the format. Yeah. So this this definitely gives you some some play there. Mm -hmm. And again, it is... I don't know, 80% of a card that we deemed too good for modern right. and legacy. Yep. Okay. Like I'm willing to take that. That yeah. seems pretty good. Seems good. So then our next one, I think we are 
not hyped for this one? No, we're both on the same page. You're trying to pump some brakes on some people here. Yeah, I have seen lots of hype for this card. So this is Rotting Regisaur. Yep, it's a two and a black for a 7-6 zombie dinosaur. Okay, so that, that's a big boy. That's a big boy. So clearly a three mana 7-6 has to have some sort of downside. Yeah, so during your upkeep you have to discard a card. That's a big downside. That's a big downside. So it casts, I don't know, basically Raven's Crime on yourself every turn? Yeah. He doesn't, this is all his text. That, is, yeah, that's what he does. He, he has 7-6. No evasion. No he nothing. He makes you discard a card every Every upkeep, every so, one of your upkeeps. He is kind of the abyss where you yeah, just, but he you gets to chump blocks. Too. He kills your opponent's creatures if yeah. they have to chump block. And yep. on turns three, four, five, and six, yeah. they will have to chump block. Yeah. But he is making you discard a card every turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, my big problem with him is cast down yeah. or any other kind of unconditional removal. Yeah, anything that kills him. It, uh, mostly at instant speed. Like sorcery speed, I probably don't care too much about. But instant speed is where... Uh, cast down, mortify... We get murder. Yeah, murder. Back. I guess we've had murder. Yeah, Vraska's Contempt. Vraska's Contempt. Assassin's uh, Trophy. So basically, the, the big fear is, is your turn three is play your 7-6 Dinosaur. Before you get to attack, yeah. you have to discard a card. Yeah. So your opponent can just let you discard your card and then play Cast Down. Yeah. And they basically ate your third turn. Right. And they made you discard a card. So you just get hard two for one. Yeah. Now, that's the floor. That is the absolute floor. Right. No, the, the, I mean, this card can run away with the, the game, the, too. The absolute ceiling is hit him on turn four, hit him on turn five, win the game on turn six. Right. I don't know how often that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Right? And But I think that to not think about the floor, mm-hmm. or even if even if you if the average case is discard a card, get in a swing, is seven damage worth two cards? I guess it depends on your deck, but yeah, typically maybe. no. Right. This card kind of reminds me of, was it Ama Eternal? Yeah. From Our Devastation? A 5-5 five, five for three. Yep. Whenever your opponent casts a spell, put a Negwin-Negwin Negwin counter on him. Yep. Whenever it deals combat damage, you remove all counters from it. I think it's combat damage, damage to, the player. to a player. Yeah. Remove you, all counters from it. Um, and it did something else too, didn't it? It had a flicked. Yeah, it had a so flicked. So if it was blocked, it dealt, dealt damage. damage anyway. Yeah, like a flicked two or three yeah. or something. The card was just unplayable, though. Unplayable. Like, the few times you would try to play it, like, what would typically happen is, like, your opponent would cast a spell. It would become a 4-4. Four, four. Mm-hmm. Maybe they chump block. And then the next turn, they cast another spell. And now it's small enough they can trade with something. Right. Or they're just able to string together, like, spell, spell, three damage spell. Kill it. Kill it. Yeah. And so they got to they were they did what they were going to do anyway, right. and then they just used a reasonable removal spell on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thinking about standard cards have to come into the battlefield typically and give you some value, right? And he comes into the battlefield and gives you the opposite of value, right? Even if he had like some sort of evasion, I think trample would be too much. But if he had like menace or something, menace or can't be blocked by creatures power two or less or something, sure, yeah. something like that, I'd be better with it but i don't think it's good no unless i'm grossly like not understanding this format so next up is a, a card that james wishes he would have pre-ordered yeah <laughs> we were literally just talking about this so that's marauding raptor what does that guy do it's a one and a red for a two three okay that's that's good that's pretty good all by itself it's easily castable it's you know ahead of the curve thorn lieutenant made a living off being a two three yeah that's basically what he did and this has a very relevant upside it says creature spells you you cast costs one less to cast. It's like a super lane or elf. Yeah. 
It's great. But he's an angry Llanowar elf. Uh, he is. Um, it also says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Marauding Raptor deals two damage to it. If a dinosaur is dealt damage this way, Marauding Raptor gets plus two plus oh till end of turn. One, makes yourself cheaper. Right. Limits you that you want to play everything in your deck has to have three toughness. Right. Or uh, the Marauding Raptor just eats them. Right. You probably don't want to play this in the same deck as um, Legion War Boss. No. <laughs> no, no. You might be like, oh, sweet. I get to like War Boss into something else. And War no. Boss just gets yeah, just housed yeah. by, by a Raptor. Yeah. So you've got the that deck building constraint. If you play Dinosaurs, yeah. this single-handedly triggers your Enrage Dinosaurs. Right. So, so it's great with like Polyraptor? No, bad with Polyraptor. Uh, you what? actually draw the game. Cause oh, because it doesn't stop. You get in an infinite oh. loop. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> there are a bunch of awful people that want to, on the first like two days of Constructed, they're just going to jam that to see what happens on Arena. You're listening to the Casual Tryhard Podcast. <laughs> don't be one of those people. Yeah. Don't be like, oh, I want to see what happens. I want to see what. <laughs> you know what? Let someone else do it. And in like two days, like Google, like. Polyraptor Infinite. On, yeah, watch the video. Watch Arena Crash. Yeah, watch Arena Crash and it'll be yeah. all good. <laughs> but yeah, actually in paper, since it, yeah. the loop doesn't stop, it yeah. just goes to a drop. Unless you can stop it. But you can't. Why not? How do you stop it? You kill it. Okay, so you kill that guy. Yeah. Okay. So you, you make a million, poly, million Polyraptors and then you lightning And then you kill it. your guy, yeah. So we need seven mana to do that? Unless you have a sack outlet. In my red-green dinosaur <laughs> stick, I have a sack outlet. I just we, make him a goblin and then sack him to, like, we, Skirk Prospector. We did it. <laughs> uh, he, he's not a dinosaur goblin. <laughs> he's, you got to make him one. Okay. So now you're playing blue also. Okay, well, there you go. So now you've got to find a sack outlet. Then you can make nearly infinite dinosaurs. Right. Arbitrarily large numbers of dinosaurs. And then you sack your guy to break it up. There we go. Yeah. We broke the arena meta. You heard it here first. There we go. Okay, cool. It does work well with like Ripjaw Raptor though, right? It does, yeah. Ripjaw Raptor yeah. comes in, get a three mana, four or five that drew you a card. Mm-hmm. Yay. And then you attack for four. Yep. Pretty good. That is really good. Yep. Conveniently on curve after casting um, Rotting Raptor. Yeah. Same with uh, Reggie. Yep. Yeah, Reggie works too. Yeah. Reggie gets to get in there. Yep. Uh, with his with his one with his three three who's a three one yep. effectively yeah but no I think that this could be good but we're also saying like it might not just need to be in a dinosaur deck it could right. just be like in a value deck yeah like in a gruel deck if you're yeah. bringing your if you're bringing in ceratops into your gruel deck right right you can still play thorn lieutenant mm-hmm. you could still play uh, what's spellbreaker that? spellbreaker scark on hellkite what's that dumb two two goblin that has riot. You know what I mean? Green, red for a two oh, riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, some uncommon from rioters, Zerta rioters, or whatever. Uh, Zerta goblin. Yeah, Zerta goblin. Yep. That's um, it. But you could still play that. You could play like a reasonable gruel shell mm-hmm. with this. Don't put Rekindling Phoenix in your deck with Marauding. Raptor. Yeah, don't do that because it'll kill the egg. Yeah, and then you'll be sad. Yep. You'll feel shame. Yep. You don't want to feel shame. Don't do that. So this could have a home somewhere. Like it just seems like a good rate red creature. Mm-hmm. It could just do something reasonable. Yep. I'm going to go home and pre-order mine. There we go. Next up we have Field of the Dead. Yeah. I have heard absolutely zero people talking about this card. And it might just be bad, but I think it's sweet. Okay. What does it do? It's a land. Comes into play tapped. You can tap it for a colorless. And it says, whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters a battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, make a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Okay. Scape shift, man. Scape shift. Or I can pay 
three and a black, and then when all my swamps come into play, I can draw a card or drain them for two. Yeah, maybe. Might be the same deck, though. It could be. Could be. I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's sweet. It could be like Velikut's five and six and Scape Shift. Not that the deck probably needs them, but, you know, if you're playing against Ley Lines, this gets around Ley Line because you just swing at them. I don't know. I think it's sweet. That would be pretty funny. They put out Ley Line and you just make an army of zombies. Yeah, that's fine. Like, Let's do this. Let's go. It's not legendary. You can have more than one out. Whew. Yeah. I think it's sweet. Okay. James is right. Get in, get in on the ground floor. Yeah, they're like 55 cents. I ordered 20 of them. Okay. I don't know. I think it's cool. It works well with that uh, Elvish Reclaimer. It does. You get to go tutor up all your different lands. There we go. We also have like three sets of rare dual lands in standard, like when this set comes out, plus yep. guild gates, tap lands, game life lands, whatever. There's enough. Like you could play one of every land in your deck and not, not like double up on anything. Not that you'd want to, but you could. Could you imagine like so many places for you to screw up? And like circuitous route goes to get two lands. There you go. I don't know. I think it's cool. Makes two zombies. Makes two zombies. Growth spiral. It's kind of like build your own hour of promise. Yeah, kind of. It could be interesting. I don't know. I dig it. I was looking through the card file when I was building this episode and was like, wow, I don't even, I don't remember this card getting spoiled. I've heard nobody talk about it. I think it's kind of cool. It did not exist for anyone. Yeah. They're just zombies climbing out of like a crevice. I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think there is a zombie in there. Yeah. Even better. There we go. There you go. They're crack zombies. Sprinkle a little crack on it. <laughs> All right. So I think we've gotten to viewer question time. Yeah. We're going to kind of use these questions to kind of talk about some cards we maybe didn't put on our list. Skipped over. Yeah. The ones that maybe other people were more excited than we were. Yeah. We have embodiment of agonies. Yeah. And I feel like this is a loaded question. Yeah. Uh, we were asked by Bradley Whaley, uh, mm-hmm. is this a bomb or is it a well, super bomb? I mean, you remember Bradley Whaley, right? Mm, Dubi- sure. Dubious Challenge. Okay. From the last location. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Embodiment of Agonies. One, black, black. Mm-hmm. For flying death touch. Zero, zero. Zero, zero. Yep. Yikes. Um, <laughs> so, Embodiment of Agonies enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each uh, different mana cost among non-land cards in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So one of the black and black black are different, are different mana costs. And they're also both different than hybrid red black, hybrid red black. Yes. If the mana costs aren't exactly the same. They're different. They're different. They're, uh, they're not the same. They're different. X is different than zero. Yes. Zero is different than no casting cost, I believe, right? This, again, feels like a card from Modern Horizons. It yeah. just didn't quite make it. Yeah. Can can we go with the third? He kind of looks like dead, too. He does, but his but his horns are down. Yeah. But he also has, like, things screaming out of his chest. Yeah. Uh, I guess people that he ate. Maybe. I feel your pain. It's exquisite. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I think he is the opposite of a bomb. I mean, it's going to win you a game in limited. If you draw it late enough, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but early in the game, it's just going to sit in your hand. Well, right, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know how aggressive this limited format's going to be. But I think it's going to be painfully slow just based yeah. on some of the cards. Yeah, I do too, which I think that's fine. It's, yeah. I think it's a limited bomb. And even if you make it small, it's got Death Touch. It'll trade with something like three-mana removal spells. Yeah, not I, awful. I, think the, I think where you can expect it is like a three-mana 3-3 three, three mm-hmm. flying Death Touch on like turn five or six. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of where it might happen the most. It might mm-hmm. be like a three mana two two one five or six. I think that is the kind of the line for it. Be. Yeah, and I I think it also depends on how you build your deck. If you have ways to put stuff in your graveyard, yeah. 
today I was listening to someone who's talking about Stitcher Supplier or like Glow Spore Shaman. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that. You could almost run it in the old uh, like Molder Hulk deck, right? Yeah, it is a kind of a card for that deck as yeah. well. So if you guys bought the um, the green black Challenger deck, this might be a good upgrade for you. Yeah, I don't know what it would go in for, but it is a deck that is looking to put stuff in its graveyard. Yep. And this is a way to you know get some value off of that. Because mm-hmm. like if you go Stitcher Supplier and then Glow Spore Shaman, maybe you do get four different casting costs and you have a four. Mana, a three more. mana four four. Yeah. And if you hit like a Molder Hulk and get hit a lot of spells. Yeah. But yeah. The so, split cards work. Yeah, but do they count as two different casting no, costs? No, it's just one, but like it's well, a no. casting cost you're not ever gonna get. But it's a con those that's its converted mana cost. So do the split cards count as so they add together to make their converted mana cost. I don't know, let's call a judge. We should like audible here. Yeah. Again, I don't I don't know the answer for this. I'm I'm sure it's in, in the uh, release notes somewhere. You know what we'll do? We'll put this in the description. We will. Okay. We'll, we'll ask we'll for help. We'll figure this out, and then we'll put it in the description. There we go. There we go. We'll, we'll look at that for you. Yep. Anyway. So bomb or super bomb? I don't know that it's bomb or super bomb. I think it's going to be good and limited. Like, you're going to play it if you open it in limited. I think it's an oddly specific build-around card that you may or may not be incentivized to build around other than this yeah. particular card. But I wouldn't be surprised to see it at some point. Yeah, it could, like, it wouldn't shock me if it made it into a it, deck. It has a chance of being an, an under-costed big flyer. Yeah. But it also has the the problem of it could be just, like, an over-costed 1-1 flyer. Right. And it's just... Which one of those you're going to get more consistently? Yeah. And can your like deck building uh, yeah, I have no support idea. it? All right. We'll find out. Next one. Send here. us a deck list, uh, Bradley Whaley. Yeah, there we go. Next uh, card is Bag of Holding. Yeah. So. Jason you- Stofa asked about this one. Uh, he wanted us to evaluate the card, which okay. we will do, and uh, give its implications on Commander. Which I don't know if we like, will do. I feel like it's like a troll. Yeah. So Bag of Holding is a artifact. Costs one mana. It says whenever you discard a card, exile it from your graveyard. You can pay two, tap it to draw a card, then discard a card. You can pay four and tap it and sacrifice it to return all card exiled with Bag of Holding to their owner's hand. Unless you loot. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of like Azor's Gateway. Yeah, it's, it's similar. Yep. You didn't get those cards back. Right? They just no, you, you got game. a different payoff for it. But. Yeah, but then they just went under it. It was yeah. two mana loot. Yep. So I think that this could be, I've heard people talk about it in like big red decks. Mm-hmm. If Like um, the new treasure map? Yeah, in, in the treasure map spot. Yep. Where you need to smooth out your draw, and then late in the game it's going to like let you refill. Yeah. It is a little more fragile. Yeah. But there's not a ton of artifact hate in the format. Yeah, it actually might. That actually sounds pretty good to me because Big Red, you don't want in your opening hand to have Big Chandra in there, new yep. Big Chandra. And this lets you, Put you know, it tuck it away, get a replacement for it, and then bring it back later. Yeah. I can dig it. And remember, it's not cards that you discard with Bag of Holding. It's cards right. discard from anywhere. So, like, if you thought Bag of Holding on one or thought, get Thought Erasured, or yeah. I guess, like, if you Tormenting Voice, oh, yeah, that works you too. can buy that that card gets bought back yep. later. Or um, Charter Course. Yeah. So there are ways that you can, like, fill your Bag of Holding quickly, mm-hmm. and then you just have to get to the mana. So it could incentivize you to discard spells, yeah. hit your land drops, yep. so that on four you can just, right. yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, that sounds like a dumpster if I ever heard one. Again, I think it has a home in like Big Red or like a mono black deck. Yeah. But it's going to be like an oddly specific show, though, right? Something yeah. without a whole lot of access to card selection. Exactly. Like it's, it's going to make up for the card selection that you don't have. Yeah. 
Uh, now in Commander, I feel like there's a lot of ways to draw cards. Yeah, I don't think you need this in Commander. Yeah, again, I don't jam Commander games, but it seems like there's enough big flashy stuff to do that. Yeah. Are we gonna play like one with nothing? No. Okay. Just no, making that just sure. Seems bad. Just making sure that card spikes Although, randomly. Although, like this, it might be kind of cool in. I know you're gonna like defer to James on this yes, one. Yes, we're gonna. But sit this back. might be kind of cool in like a Locust God deck. Okay. Because Locust God decks tend to play like a whole bunch of wheel effects. Okay. And this just lets you rebuy. Like everything you pitch with your wheels, it lets you rebuy. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. Yeah, like Wheel of Fortune or Windfall. And yeah, then Wheel just, of Fate, whatever. And then just like pay for and like draw 10. Yeah, or more. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. There could be something there. I think like it being a four-man activated ability, I think kind of holds it down a little bit. Yeah. If it was like three, like you could maybe like, you know, Winds of Change. Mm-hmm. Stuff all your cards under there and draw yeah. cards. I guess, no, I guess Winds of Change, you shuffle it in. Crap. Oh, yeah, that's right. Stupid old Legends cards. What about uh, Days Undoing? Does that discard first and then shuffle, or does that shuffle? You sh- I think you shuffle your hand in. It doesn't say discard. And I think it's like you shuffle your you hand shuffle in, your, in, your li- in your graveyard into your library. Hmm. I don't know. It's the- a weird card. It is. It is. If you can find a way to like use it to be like a draw 14 or something, then, yeah. then maybe it's there's something there for you. Maybe. Or if what, if, what if you use it with uh, Waste Knot? Does this work with Waste Knot? Waste Knot doesn't give you a discard outlet. It works with uh, Zombie Infestation. Oh, oh, you know what else it works with? What? Bear Assault. Oh my gosh, yeah, we can Bear Assault. Yeah, rebuy him, Bear Assault some more. Just Seismic Assault, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but that's not as cool as Bear Assault. <laughs> Four? <laughs> <laughs> Are you dead? <laughs> Are you dead yet? No, damn. <laughs> oh, I was dead two turns ago because it's yeah. modern? Oh, no. It's damn. a neat card. I don't, I don't know. Little, it's it's definitely more of a casual card, I think. I think so as well. I think it might, again, it might have a home in a specific, like, yeah. tier two standard deck. Yep. But I don't see it being, like, a tier one kind of card. Because, like, right. you know, like, Azra's Gateway just seems like it was a better payoff. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more work. Yeah. But and it saw almost no play. Yeah, exactly. So Goblin Ringleader. Mm-hmm. So Goblin Ringleader is three and a red for a 2-2 with haste. Yeah, it is. And when he comes into play, you look at the top, you reveal the top four cards of your library, and you put all the goblins that you reveal into your hand. Yep. The one we call Chuckles. Yeah. Would like to know. Uh, Chris Nyquist. Chris Nyquist. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize it was his real name. It was just Chuckles. It was Mr. Chuckles. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's mostly Chuckles. Yes. Does this make modern goblins viable? I don't know if this by itself makes modern goblins viable. But Goblin's got a whole bunch of new toys, so maybe. I think it depends on what version of Goblin's can be viable. Right. So if you're looking to play like a toolbox version, um, Goblin Matron is just better. Yeah. And it's currently modern legal. Yeah. So Goblin Matron plus Goblin Ringleader made make Legacy Goblins this grindy yeah. value deck. Uh, the things that we're missing in modern to make that work is like Wasteland or Shot and Port. Right. Right. We don't have the mana denial pieces mm-hmm. to make like a grindy goblin strategy work. Yeah. And I don't know if goblins is better than like death and taxes. Right. Right. Because they're like occupying the same space. Yeah. Goblins in modern has traditionally more been an explosive aggro deck. Yeah. Where you're just trying to get people dead with goblin grenades. Yeah. You're just goblin grenading people to death. So I don't know. It lets you build another version of goblins that is a slow, grindy, value-oriented deck. But is that what we're about? I have no idea. Yeah. If the format allows that kind of deck... It could be viable. Yeah. It's four mana. A four mana goblin probably does not go in the 
uh, Goblin Grenade deck, though. No, no, you're not trying to get value and draw multiple cards there. Right. You're trying to, like, dead some people. Mm-hmm. So, but when you're trying to sting a Scourger and, right. oh, like, the what's the Goblin that blows up a land, I don't know if that one's modern legal. Uh, I don't know that one. But, uh, anyway... Like, if you're trying to do that, mm-hmm. then this fits in that because you're just trying to accrue value each each turn. Right. So what's up next here? All right. How are the Scrylands going to affect standard? All right. So what's a Scryland? So their lands that enter the battlefield tapped. Mm-hmm. We're getting the enemy colors. So we're right. getting, like, red-white. So we're getting mm-hmm. Temple of Triumph. We're yep. getting Temple of Epiphany, which is red-blue. Yep. Temple of Mystery, blue-green, Temp- Temple of Melody, black-green, and Temple of Silence, white-black. Correct. They enter tapped and you get to scry one. Mm-hmm. So one thing is they're probably going to make the aggro decks lean more towards being one color. Yes. Because you can't play a guild gate. Right. Right. Once the uh, check lands rotate, rotate out, right, if these are the only lands you have as your another dual land to go with your shocks, mm-hmm. probably makes it so you can't have aggressive two colored X. Yeah. So that does on some level slow down standard because mm-hmm. it will remove some of those decks. It makes it so you just have more information and you right. get to play more games. Yeah. The lands last time they were in standard were a lot better than people thought at first. Yeah. When the scry lands were spoiled, especially coming right out of Ravnica with some of the best lands ever printed mm-hmm. um, in the shock lands People were kind of down on these. And then as the format evolved, the Scrylands kind of led to a different deck building constraint. People wanted to play slower games, a little bit grindier, like mid-rangey yeah, decks. Yeah, you, you are going to probably play more lands Yeah, because with a Scryland, if you keep a three-land hand mm-hmm. and you need action, you play your Scryland and, oh, it's a land. I can just put it on the bottom. bottom. Yeah. And if you have a two land hand, mm-hmm. you can keep that as well. Yeah. Because more than likely, if you're playing 26 lands, if there's a spell there, mm-hmm. you can bottom it and more than likely hit a, hit a land in your next two yeah. turns. So the other thing that I want to make a mention of is last time these were in standard, we had a different mulligan rule. We did. That was just the regular old, like, boring mulligan rule, yeah. Before, there was no scry. Yeah. And now we're going to have an even different mulligan rule. As soon as these go into standard, we get the London Mull, where you get to look at seven and then put cards on the bottom. So you get to scry basically whatever you've mulliganed kind of sort of i remember playing in this standard where you were kind of like incentivized to mulligan a little bit to get a better hand because mm-hmm. of the scry lands yeah like you could make sure your hand was going to be good mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that's going to have the exact same effect this time around because we get an even better mulligan rule yeah but they are just going to let you play more games right because they're going to help you fix sketchy hands because mm-hmm. there's a lot of hands a lot of sevens you would keep if you could get a scry on your top card, yeah. and now you're going to. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, man, like, I have two two lands and a three drop. Yeah. I need I need this top card to be a land. I don't want to draw a spell here. Yeah. Now you know you're going to have that scry, that, that extra look. Right. And that's something that will probably slow the games down. Yep, absolutely. It's um, going to make uh, mid-range decks better. Yeah. It's going to make control decks better. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they get card selection just out of their lands. Right. And it might not be a super pronounced effect now mm-hmm. if... Because right now we're, like, we're kind of torn. Yeah. Where we've got the, you know, the check lands that say play, play a bunch of basic cards with basic land types. Right. Uh, 
and and so we don't want to dilute out the number of basics right. we have. But the decks that are again, like Nexus, Nexus occasionally mm-hmm. plays like a stray guild gate or two. Right. That this just is becomes way temple. better than a guild. That's gate. just the temple yeah, of mystery. Or Gruul now. sometimes play at a random guild gate. Yeah, or like yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Like any deck that was playing, we're not getting red green ones. Yeah, but any deck that was playing a guild gate, yeah, this is just far and away a better card. Yep, I've been playing the Boros Feather deck, Mm -hmm. and I've not been playing guild gates, but I'll probably put like two temples in, yeah, just to make my mana better. Yep, and uh, you know, like the the hands that are like one creature, three pump spells. It's like I could really use another creature here. Land's gonna help you find one. Exactly. Yep, I dig it. Yeah, I think they're going to do stuff. Well, thanks, Jesse. That was a good question. So, Podcast Dad Juan yeah. and Jesse want to know about Brought Back. Specifically in Modern. Yes, the, the baby second sunrise. Yep. So, um, Brought Back is a white instant. It's white, white. Choose up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Return them to the battlefield tapped. I think the thing that everyone gravitated towards first is mm-hmm. on turn two, I sack two fetch lands. Right. And then I get to bring those two fetch lands back. And you died to Hogak. Yeah, you were dead. Yep. All the value. Yep. You had it set up, all the value, you were dead. Yep. So that's one problem. Yeah. I've also heard people bring up, like, if you just down take a Planeswalker and kill it, Mm -hmm. and then just bring it back with brought back, like, that's perfectly fine. Yep. There's a lot of good value creatures in Modern 2 that this can work well with, and white is typically in, like, value colors. Yeah. Like, the, those green-white, like, value town decks that run, um, you know, all the all the creatures with, like, enters the battlefield stuff, like uh, Eternal Witness and whatever. Okay. Through the Breach, you sack the creature. Oh, well, that's pretty neat. Right? Yeah. 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 What about uh, Gorios? You exile it. Gorios is exiled. Gorios, Vengeance, and Footsteps of the Gorio, both, both exile. But, right, you do have, like... Ooh, you, ball Lightnings. Ball Lightnings, yeah. No, oh, no, it doesn't work with Ball Lightnings. Why not? Oh, they just die. They just die again. They die again. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Also, like, red, 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 black, white, red, red, white, white. It's probably asking a bit of your mana base. A, a little. <laughs> but there might be um, some weird things that you can do... Plane something accomplice, plane bound accomplice. Oh yeah, that's cute. Pay a red, put in Inika Bolas. Pay white, Big white. Papa Garuk. Yeah, pay white, white. Bring them back. <laughs> yeah, at the end of turn. Yeah, that's cute. So like Ugin Karn. Yeah, bring I, them both back. We might be, I might be definitely stretching here. <laughs> yeah, there could be some things, but like, is it worth the setup? Like, you have to be able to do something. Busted. Yeah, I, th- I think what most people were thinking of was the fetch land thing, and yeah. I don't think that's good enough. No, I think it's um, too Because slow. that's relying on this being in your opening hand and you taking the first turn off to do nothing. And your second turn is? Get two mana ahead. Get two mana ahead, and like we can just go through a bunch of decks that doesn't matter. Obviously, you want to play fetch lands. That's how this works is with yeah. fetch lands. You're starting the game at 10 life? Maybe, yeah. Like, that doesn't seem great either. Seems super bad. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't think the fetch land thing is where you want to be with this card. Um, I could see it being part of like an engine similar to like really the ancestors or something like that. Yeah. Where you're, you know, just looking to recurse some value. Sack a couple things, bring yeah. them back, sack them again. Yeah. Or if you're in like an eternal witness deck or something like that, like kitchen finks, like that might be kind of cool. But as far as working with fetch lands, I don't think that's where you want to be. Yeah. Like I said, what you do with it has to be busted and yeah. like definitively win you the game. Yep. So, one Thomas Kennedy. Yep. Uh, no longer small child. 
I was going to say average size adult. Yep. Wants to know if the Cavalier cycle will be playable. Yep. And I don't know. Every couple sets, they try to print fixed, fixed titans. titans. Yeah. And they always fix them too much. Yeah. So all of these come in and get you some value mm-hmm. and then leave and get you some value. Yep. And they all want to be a mostly monocolored deck. They all have triple on color in the casting cost. Yeah. And maybe for this coming three months, our mana is good enough to make that happen with yeah. Checklands plus... Skylands plus, plus Shocklands. Shocklands. You might be able to work it out that it works. But you know, you're probably, if you're red-white... Yeah. To play the Cavalier of Dawn, you're probably predominantly white, white yeah. and then getting your red sources off of your your dual lands. Yeah. So they're all two mm-hmm. color, color, color. Yep. So the white one is two white, white, white. Yep. For a four six. Vigilance. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you get to beast within something. A generous gift. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, sure, that too. Uh, also, Terestodon. Yes. So you get to destroy a yeah. non-land permanent. Yep. And make a three-three golem. Yep. And then when it dies, you get to uh, Sun Titan something, return something CMC three or less. No, into the you get to return an artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse. So yeah, I don't like that one. Now, Cavalier Thorns mm-hmm. has reach. Mm-hmm. He's a 5-6. Yep. Uh, enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library, mm-hmm. put a land on the battlefield tapped. Okay. Right, when it, you know what land you can get on the battlefield tapped? Uh, Whatever. Field of the Dead. I was going to say Crack Zombies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> crack Zombies. <laughs> I hope then, we get a Crack Zombie token. <laughs> just like, dress up like uh, Dave Chappelle, little hat, like <laughs> sprinkle some crack on it. <laughs> Got any more than lands? Yeah. Just need, just need number seven. There's no <laughs> fix. So, and then when this Cavalier dies, you can exile it and then put another target card from your graveyard on top of your library. Yeah. I don't love that effect. So now, if you follow uh, the game podcast, yeah. Brian Gottlieb is crazy for this card. Yeah. I think there's an island that he's living on. Yeah. It, it's just, it's uh, the Thorn Island and he's hoping he's right. I think I would almost always rather have the Ceratops. Yeah, I guess like this is the same as a hasty Ceratops. Yeah. His argument is, is in the current like blue-green decks, mm-hmm. you want to get a whole bunch of mana and then you just want to keep doing your thing. So if your thing is like mass manipulation, you mass manipulate some stuff and if they kill your Cavalier Thorns. You put it on top. You put mass manipulation on top and you uh, run it back. I don't know. I don't know either, but he's yeah. super high for it. I think he might be wrong, but we we will see. Uh, I mean, he's a better magic player than I am, but I don't love this card. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Next one's the black one. Yep, Cavalier of Night. It's a 4-5 lifelink. Uh, when Cavalier of Night enters the battlefield, you can sacrifice another creature. If you do, you get to destroy a creature opponent controls. Couldn't even make it. Noxious Gearhawk. Yep. Couldn't do it. Yeah, not quite that good. It's more like... Um, Oh, what was that card? Uh, it's like a one mana instant second creature. Oh, uh, bone shards, bone, bone shards. splinters. Yeah, bone, bone splinters, which is in this set. Yeah, so they took they tacked that onto this for some reason. So this has the Sun Titan text. Yeah, because uh, that's what I always think of for your black card. Yeah, yeah, it's like just a creature card though. Yeah, when uh, Cavalier of Night dies, return target creature card with CMC three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. You need to be getting value on the creature that you sack. Yeah. You need to play, again, like Dusk Legion Zealot. You need yeah. to, like, draw a card off of it so when you sack it, you don't care. Yeah. I actually like this one better than, like, the last two. Okay. I think this is a better Bantu, like, okay. in the Rakdos decks. Oh, because it just sacks something and you get the ping? Yeah, it sacks something. You get to uh, 
you know, blow up a creature your opponent controls. It's got lifelink to get you back in the game. Yeah. When it dies, you get to rebuy a Judith or something. I don't hate this one. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know, like, Bantu, you just get to get so many cards and kind of get back. Well, yeah, but, like, every time I've cast Bantu, like, you also it's kind of poorly. Yeah, like, yeah. put yourself in a hole. And this, this is very this, true. I don't think you're... Uh, you still have a big body. Right. And you haven't had to sack three things to get the value. Right. Yeah. I like it better than the rest of them. I don't know if it's good enough to yeah. see play or not, but... Up next, we have Cavalier of Gales. Mm-hmm. This is uh, a flyer, a 5-5 five, five flyer for five. Yep. Seems decent. Yep. Uh, when it comes into play, you get to brainstorm. Yep. So draw three, put two back on top of your deck. Mm-hmm. And then when it dies, you uh, you shuffle it back in, and then you scry two so you can try to find, find it. it again. Yeah, you know what does almost all of this for one less mana? What was that? God Eternal Kefnet. Yeah. You don't get to draw a card, but sometimes you just get to play spells for basically free and copy them and effectively draw a card. Yeah, effectively draw a card. Every spell you draw is drawing a card. And you know it's always the third card down when it dies. Right. You don't have to scry to go find it. Yeah. And it's easier to cast. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think this card gets to exist in standard when God Eternal Kefnet exists. Probably not. Like, it's one less power for one less mana. Yeah. Well, they're, they're only going to exist together. They're never going to be separate in standard. Yeah, I, so I don't think this yeah, card gets to like so be either. a card in standard, yeah. like unless for some reason we get devotion back. Or yeah, if there's like some crazy like mono blue deck where you're like, well, I'm going to play my Kefnet and Cavalier of Gales, and then I'm going to put a spell on top to copy with my yeah. Kefnet. Well, that's kind of neat, but no, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I I don't think this is what we're about. Yeah, like brainstorms good because you can cast it early, and because of all the shuffle effects and legacy, and we don't have a ton of we don't have any shuffle effects. Yeah, and this comes down on turn five. Like, yeah, I don't. Think... No, this is just a worse Kefnet, and yeah. so people aren't going to play it. Yep, not a fan. Uh, last one is Cavalier of Flame, the red one. Okay. It's a uh, 6-5. It doesn't have a keyword ability. No. Nope. But it does have pay a red and a colorless or generic. Mm-hmm. Uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus O, oh, and gain haste till end of turn, which is kind of neat. Okay, yeah. And you can do it multiple times, so you yep. can give all your creatures fire breathing. Yep. When it enters a battlefield, you can discard any number of cards, then draw that many cards. So it lets you kind of fix your hand late. But if you're playing red, like... On turn five, you probably don't have many cards left to discard. Yeah, like how many cards are you like? Yeah. You're like ditching a little bit, and you couldn't like hold your lands, right? Because he costs five. Yeah, and then uh, when it dies, it deals X damage to each opponent and each planeswalker they control, where X is the number of lands in your graveyard. I am super confused. Like I guess, yeah. What does this card want you to do? Like I said, you didn't get to hold on to your lands because you had to like cast him. Right. Like his first ability wants you to have a bunch of extra mana in play, and wants you to have like to be yeah. like a go wide creature deck yeah it seems like they just like tacked a bunch of like text on this guy yeah but it's not coherent yeah it, there's it doesn't like come together so what do you think of the uh Kevrilier cycle as a whole <sighs> i think that's uh sums it up just <sighs> yeah i i don't hate the the black one um i think the white one the fact that they can blow up like a planeswalker yeah is is good they do get a three three out of they it, get though. a three three out of it but you have a four six yeah i'm gonna I, wait and be proven wrong on the green one yeah I think that if you open one of these in your sealed pool, you get rid of it. But I think you jam it in your oh, in your sealed pool. Yeah. I think it's they're for the most part. I think they're the green one is probably the least bomby yeah. of them. But I think the rest of them are like 
mm-hmm. if not bombs, like borderline bombs. Yeah. But I think in standard, they might, again, might not be good enough. Yeah. Because, like, is Big Pig better than Cavalier of Flame? It's um, close. They kind of do different things. They though. do different things, but just, like, the body and the rate. Yeah. But, uh, like, Oketra's better than the white one. By leaps and bounds. Yeah. Ronus. Kefnit's better than the blue one. Yeah. I don't know if Ronus is better. I don't know if, I don't know if Ronus is better either. And then Bantu, probably not. They do yeah. they do two different things yeah, very, to, yeah. to, like, compare. But, like, for a couple of them, the God Eternals are just better. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is kind of a miss. I think these all seem like super limited bombs. Yep. Um, we had a piggyback to this question, though. Okay. Jesse wants to know if Lotus Field will help cast these guys. I mean, based on the text on the card, yes. I don't know why you want to, though. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Yeah. I don't know, like, your mana base should needs to be good enough that you can just play them. Right. With uh, your mana without having to, like, hopefully draw your Lotus Field. Yeah. So, and, okay. Like, Lotus Field isn't really going to help you cast these guys either because you're going in the hole to cast yeah, so, Lotus okay. Field. Lotus Field yep. is a land. It's yep. hexproof. Mm-hmm. It enters the battlefield tapped. Yep. Piling up the value here. <laughs> uh, when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice two lands. Yep. Woo. Uh, and then add three mana of any one color. Yes, uh, at face value, this will give you three on color to cast a Cavalier. Now, how frisky are we feeling? Well, let's call it out. Rowan. Would like to know all about Lotus Field. Brought back. Yeah. So, like, if you live the dream of have white, white on turn three, white, white. Float two white. Play Lotus Field. Play brought back. We have assembled Exodian. (laughs) We have five mana on turn four. Six mana? Uh, Six if we hit hit our land. Yeah. Five if we. Yeah. You can do that with Lanowar. You can. And Nyssa. And the green ley line. Do you assemble Exodian? No, that's my question. <laughs> that is my question. Have you assembled Standard Tron? Yeah. Personally, I think that Lotus Field and what's the squirrel guy from Horizons with Vanishing? Uh, the Hermit. Yeah, three green, green, yeah. Vanishing, three enters, make four squirrels. Yeah. And all squirrels you control get plus one, plus one. Yeah. These two cards are both versions of reserveless cards. Right. I think the most important thing about Lotus Field mm-hmm. is it is super close to Lotus Veil. Right. Which Lotus Veil came into play untapped, mm-hmm. but you had to sacrifice two untapped, untapped lands. lands. And it did not have Hexproof. Yeah, and you could add three mana of any color. Yep. Right? So this is not a functional reprint of that reserveless card. Yeah. But it's super close. Really close. They're next door neighbors. Yeah. Same with the Hermit Druid is reserve list, and it had Echo. Yeah. The new one has the same casting cost, makes the same number of squirrels. Mm -hmm. But has Vanishing instead. Yes. They're both squirrel lords. They're both squirrel lords. They get all squirrels plus a book. They're not functional reprints. Right. But they're close. Yeah. So I think that the most important thing is it shows that they're willing to edge up to play in that space a little more yeah i don't know where the c play i know that some people were excited for them in commander mm-hmm. because apparently lotus veil sees play in commander mm-hmm. um, uh, well there's also is it blood sun blood yeah blood sun lands lose all non-mana abilities right so this would be just tap for three mana of any color yeah that's also why um lotus veil spiked yes and then it came back down when yeah. it didn't work right and whatever they scorched ruins is the other yeah. one. Yeah, yep, for colorless. Yeah, I don't know where it has a home. I don't know where its home is in modern mm-hmm. because the primetime decks already can get a bunch of mana without having to sack their lands. Yeah, 
And so yeah, bounce lands are just better than this. Yeah. I don't know if you need to run out and buy a whole bunch. I don't think there's going to be like a home for it right away. That being said, that being said, if the price comes way down and you can buy these for 75 cents, I would, I would too. Yeah. It's, it's a card that has potential to be broken. I don't yeah. think that potential exists right now. Specking on cards often comes down to this card has a weird, unique effect. Yeah. I should probably have some. Yep. And that's where you have to be on, on some of them. And this is just weird and unique. Yep. So if it's under a buck, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of them, but I don't see it doing anything right now. All right. So next up, we have to look like far into the future here for a super fan Ken Sexsmith here. Yeah, this is tough. So I think the first, the first one we can probably handle. What are kind of your, our top three cards in core 2020 mm-hmm. that might have come across? I'm, I'm a big Drawn from Dreams fan. Uh, I really like the elf. I, I was going to say the elf is my other one. Yep. And I don't know where where we have everything. Maybe Chandra. Like, Chandra's not going to see play in Eternal formats, but right, Big but Chandra is probably yeah. just great. Mm-hmm. We didn't touch on him because uh, we're already close to two hours, people. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Thunderkin Awakener. Yeah. In in Modern, he brings back uh, Elementals with toughness less than his toughness. Uh, so all of the Ball Lightnings. So all of the Ball Lightnings. Yep. Those are the cards I think that we, and then you might be higher on Field of Ruin than not Field of Ruin. Uh, Field maybe. of Dead. Crack Zombies. Yeah, Crack Zombies. Yeah, I think those are mine. So mm-hmm. I'd say like Chandra, the Elf, mm-hmm. Elish Reclaimer, and then uh, Drawn from Dreams. Yep. Um, I also really like the Elf. I like uh, the Marauding Raptor. Raptor. Um, I think he's pretty good. And I would not be surprised if there was a Crack Zombies deck. Okay. <laughs> so I think those are my three. So his other question, which I think is way harder, is what decks are poised to take over after rotation? Yeah, like we're missing a whole bunch of information. We're missing like a that. whole next set. Yeah. I think the things that you can perhaps be sure of, and I think we talked about this before, is Mono White loses all of its pieces. Right. Like all of its power, yep. history, Banalish Marshall, yep. and uh, Legion's Landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mono Red loses Chain Whirler, Fiasino mm-hmm. loses all the wizards. Everything. Yeah. yeah, it keeps... Loses Firebrand. It keeps uh, Steamkin and Experimental Frenzy, Yep, which is probably a deck on some level. Maybe. like So I think those decks go away, mm-hmm. and it's really a question of what, like in the control decks, what becomes their finisher. Okay. Because for the last two years, their finisher has been Teferi. The other thing that I think it's important to keep note of during rotation is that there are archetypes that have started to get fleshed out yeah. That haven't really got there yet. And sometimes that's an important place to look after rotation. Um, like Aristocrats. We had like a pretty heavy Aristocrats theme through some of Ravnica. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might but, just be one or two cards away. Yeah, the deck didn't get there. So that might be some place to look. And there are also sometimes cards that maybe have been held down by other cards in the format. Yeah. That might get to see some play. Yeah, I was hoping that was going to be the case with Big Teferi, but now we have Little Teferi that does almost the same thing, plus some. So So you also have cards that have been held out of the format Mm -hmm. by better cards of similar or the same mana cost. Right. So just like we talked about, Kefnet's going to probably keep the blue Cavalier right. out of standard. You know, maybe the white Cavalier is good enough, mm-hmm. but it's not good enough when there's Lyra in the format. Yeah, you're why gonna would sp- you spend five mana on Cavalier of Dawn when you can spend five mana on Lyra? And- e- exactly. So there might be cards that you thought were like, oh, hey, this is good. Yeah. 
that you just can't play. Uh, another example is anything with one toughness when, in Chain Whirler. In Chain Whirler. Yeah. So those kind of things, maybe you, we can circle back to those cards that aren't quite good enough with what's in the format now, right? but could perhaps be good enough going forward when their space is freed up. Yeah, tough question to answer. Yeah, I think next preview season we can be like, hey, these are the decks yeah. that look like they got something yeah. coming forward. These next two kind of go together. Yep. Chase Clark wants to know the top three busted cards for pre-release. And then what are the cards, what are the must-play cards in our pre-release from at uh, Nick the Nerd on Twitter, a.k.a. Nick from Canada. Nick from Canada. Thanks, Happy Nick. Canada Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Canada Day. It's Canada Happy Day. Happy Canada Day, Nick. He tweeted me at 9 in the morning taking a break from day drinking. So <laughs> Man, that's some serious day drinking. <laughs> he woke up early. I think that probably the biggest bombs are probably the Cavaliers, if you can cast them. Like actual bombs, yeah. Yeah, actual bombs. I think yeah. it's a Cavalier. I know they're mythic, and it's like easy to kind of default to that. Yeah, Planeswalkers too. Yeah, like, I don't know if you're going to have the choice of like, oh, man, I have to play like... I can only play Chandra or the White Cavalier. Which one should I play? Yeah. Um, both. Right. Uh, find a way. <laughs> you find a way. Find a way. But yeah, I don't think there's like any like like rares that are that I've seen that I felt like, oh, that's a super like snowball-y yeah. runaway like card. Yeah. So I, I do want to note that I think it's funny that we got both of these questions and we answered them like pretty much without input from each other. And the thing that I put down was a common card, and the thing that you put down was a land cycle. Okay. <laughs> so, so murder, so murder is busted. Yeah. Well, it's common. Like murder's not a common card. Murder's usually uncommon. Murder started out as a common. Well, the last and then it went times uncommon, uncommon, had, and yeah. now it's common again. Yeah. So murder at common, I think that bodes well for the format. Like I really enjoyed Dominaria, both yeah. sealed and limited, and sealed and draft. And I think the reason for that is you had really good answers. There were yeah. really powerful, bomby things in Dominaria, but mm-hmm. you had really good removal. Mm-hmm. And having murder at common. Yeah is like helps you do that yeah typically the common removal spell in black is like five mana sorcery speed yeah and we're getting a three mana instant removal spell yeah which is just not something that you see a lot yeah i mean it's almost constructed playable yes like there's been times where that card has been yes yes it has been the thing that you should play most i went through and counted and there are 18 cards mm-hmm. that have three colored mana pips in their casting costs. That's a lot. Yeah, it was, it's, it's a high amount. Yeah. And so they're incentivizing you to play two color decks mm-hmm. because a lot of the powerful stuff is either triple color yeah. or double color. Right. And so I think that to kind of tr- tie everything together, I think like play as many of the dual lands as you can. Yeah, and the common dual lands this time around are like decent ones. They're the gain life ones, right? Yeah, they're kind of better than guild gates. Like yeah. if there were no gate synergies, right. they're better than guild gates. Yeah. But like the black common removal spell being black black mm-hmm. makes it way harder to splash than eviscerate right. in uh Dominaria where it was three and a black. Yeah. They are kind of driving you to play more two color decks or mm-hmm. that's not how sealed works. Right. You play what you got. Yeah. So I think that looking at your your lands first and then let that dictating to you what things you can splash. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you can get to like five white sources in your deck, 
play your two pacifisms. Yeah, sure. Like the card's great, right? So those are the kind of things that you have to like look at. Yep. I know for me, at least when I start building these, it's going to be what can I play based on the lands I get? Yeah. And then going from there, what is splashable? Right. And so I think those are going to be like my most played cards because I'm assuming you're going to get, if they're common, you'll probably get two to four. Yeah, uh, they're uh, they're not base. replacing basics, right? We still no, have all our basics. I do like we still have our basics. So they're just, I think they're just in a common just slot. Okay. So you're going to get two or four a pool. So mm-hmm. you, like, those are going to help drive what you can splash. Yeah. Because a lot of the cards are very color intensive. Yep. That's, that's what you guys' questions for us were. Yep. Hopefully we did a good job of answering them. Yep. Wraps it up nicely, I think. Yep. So, the section went well. Thank you for all your input. Yes, thank you very much. And again, like when you tweeted us, we respond. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the I time. I responded to, when I put this on Facebook, I responded to every single post. I responded to all the tweets. Yep. We did it. We yep. did it. On here, it was very, our next segment is very well structured. Yeah. It is something about arena. Something about arena. We told you last week we uh, really didn't have a whole lot to tell you, and we still don't, but we do have some. Uh, so con- that's something you noticed. Yeah. I've played more. I, like, messed around and ended up getting to, to diamond. Mm-hmm. I, like, was in gold and was like, I guess I should get the platinum because there's I get an extra pack and yeah. an extra shiny card and then I just like made my way through platinum <laughs> and Sunday I was like there's 36 minutes left before it goes if I can win two matches I'll be in diamond yeah and I went 2-0 in 26 minutes and there you go yeah it was great and the thing I've noticed is it's kind of like we talked about everyone's just playing Esper. Yeah. Esper and Grixis for some reason. Yeah, like I've seen a lot of Grixis. Someone has decided that Grixis is playable. Like mm-hmm. when did this happen? I don't know. It, it's not. I have seen actual zero copies of Mono Red. I've seen one or two and I played enough matches in the last week to go from plat four to plat to, to diamond. Yeah, I did blast almost all the way to plat. I made it to gold one before it reset, but Yeah. But it was it's surprising. Like yep. No mono white. No mono white. Yeah, like, I guess, no, none. I've seen yeah, no none. mono white at all. Yeah. No, like, two mono red out of, I don't know, I'm playing maybe four to five matches yeah. a night. So I played 35, maybe 40 matches, like two mono reds. It's super yeah. weird. Yeah. It's all blue, black, X. Yeah, either Esper or Grixis. Yeah, and then... Or Sultai. Yeah, I think I played against a couple explore creature yeah. decks. But yeah, it's like super weird. Like it has just all dried up. Yep. And I can't explain the Grixis. Yeah, that's just a weird one because Grixis hasn't done well this standard season at all, really. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just like the end. People are like, I'll just jam Grixis because yeah, I want to. Want. Yeah. It's just gone away. And I think it all ties back to the, the Mythic Championship. Yeah. Right? I agree. We play, everyone played. Basically, the, the decks were Esper, mm. uh, Simic, yep. and then Gruul. Mm. Those are base, and that's pretty much what I've seen. I've yeah, I played against like a Bant Arc Bow today. I haven't seen any Gruel. Uh, I've seen a couple. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's. I was playing Gruel, but yeah, it's super weird. Yeah, and again, like I don't know what you can other than the Mythic Championship. I don't know what you trace it back to. Yeah, I don't know either. So unless, like you said, it's just end of the season. People are gonna jam whatever they feel like. Yeah, it's the end of the standard. Yeah, so like it's not like you're testing for any events with these cards, right? So, like, you can just get away with playing whatever you think is fun. I don't even think we have any standard events coming up until rotation, do we? Like in the big, next quarter? Big, big events, yeah. I don't think any in the, none in the southeast. I don't think so. So, I'm, I, there'll be MCQs. 
Maybe. We haven't heard anything yet. Oh, good point. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Opie. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I am looking forward to, I do believe that Sealed will start on Arena on mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah. Happy 4th. Yeah. So, uh, if you're like me and your wife's out of town, like, you're just going to play Arena all day. Maybe yeah, you can come down to the inlet, hang out with me and my wife if you want. I could do that. <laughs> I was going to say, I was just going to go buy myself a steak, throw it on the George Foreman. And <laughs> or you can do that. Play Arena. <laughs> like, did you hang with people? No. No. Did you put on pants? No. no. <laughs> I bought the steak on Wednesday. <laughs> I didn't have to leave the house. But I did play 15 seal pools. Uh, <laughs> you got a crush pre-release. Yeah, here, here's how the format works. But no, I think, again, Arena's weird. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, you could not have told me that. I would, like, I think easily I played 15 to 20% of my matches have been against like Grixis. Yeah. It like makes no sense. N- none at all. None Deck's at all. not great. I no. mean, it's sweet, but it's not great. I mean, when you're playing Boros Feather and they're just mono removal spells. Yeah. <laughs> that is a thing with this standard. When you play against Grixis or really any of the decks, like, there are so many kind of interchangeable, like, removal spells. Yeah. You don't know, like, hey, you're like, you're like okay, I'm going to play Adanto Vanguard. Mm. Does this person play Moment of Craving? A Lava Coil. Because yeah. if they play Lava Coil, we're Golden Pony Boy. Yeah. If they play Moment of Craving, <laughs> Not so much. we're dead. Yeah. And it's just, like, you. there's so many, like, interchangeable cards that right. you don't know. Or you play, like, Dreadhorde Arcanist. Like, oh, I really hope this is a Moment of Craving guy <laughs> and not a... Not, not a lava coil. And it's like, oh no, it was lava coil. Yeah. What do I do? They're cast down. Yeah, so it's just super weird. There are yeah. like there are like so many like just customizable cards that you can throw in and it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. And you can't like predict what you're gonna play against. Right. It's like, oh, okay, game two. <laughs> Gotta take out these uh things because they have moments of craving. Okay, <laughs> cool. So I think that's it. Like yeah. arena's gonna change, Sanders gonna change, so mm-hmm. we're gonna start over. Yep, we'll keep you posted. So I'd like to thank Podcast Dad Juan. Yep, thanks Juan. You're the best. The the very good podcast network mm-hmm. and Myrtle Beach Games and Comics for for having us in in the studio. Yep. Uh, like I said, if you guys want to watch the video, if you're listening to us and want to see our smiling faces and check out the cards in real time while you're listening to us, um, you can find the video on Myrtle Beach Games uh, YouTube channel, and I believe it's going to be on their website also. Um, but check it out there. Also, I think we're going to. Hopefully try to build a sealed pool for you. Yes. Uh, tomorrow or Wednesday, maybe? Yeah, we're going to sit down and yeah. record building a sealed pool yep. and talk you through how we would build it. Yep. Uh, we probably, are we going to release the audio? There's no reason to release just the audio on that, right? No, no. Yeah, so you have to watch the video. Yeah, to actually see, at least see our hands for yep. the whole thing. <laughs> These things. The other podcast they have on mm-hmm. the Very Good Podcast Network. Yep. There's Rowdy with a Chance of Meeples. And a very good comic podcast. Yes. Um, both friends of ours, both great podcasts. So, so again, Meeples, that's board game stuff. It is board game stuff. They do a great job. And comics are pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, they're comics. Right. So uh, going forward, if you have questions about your pre-release, if you want to tweet us what, what you played at pre-release, mm-hmm. go ahead and contact us at uh, Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep, uh, Casual Tryhard MTG on Facebook or show at casualtryhardmtg.com. And if you want to know how we would build your pool, send us a picture of your pool. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you at pre-release, right? Uh, yeah, we'll cut you pre-release. <laughs>